Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Green. We have a great episode for you this week. We go both on the hoppy side and the spirit side of things. We have Sean Kelly, uh, co-founder uh, of Draft Hop, which if you haven't heard of it about that, uh, stick around because uh, it's really cool what they're doing. And also it's part of our next giveaway details on that here shortly. And also Eddie Simeon, who is a co-founder of Hella Cocktail Co., uh, which does a whole lot of things in the cocktail spirits world. So like I said, we hit both sides, the hoppy side and the spirit side this week. Remember, if you're not following us on our social media pages, at Hop Spirits, all one word, you might miss out on something really cool like our May giveaway, which is with Sean Kelly's company, Draft Top. Uh, we're giving away this really cool Draft Top opener and a koozie, as you can see uh, if you're watching the episode. Uh, so look for that on our Instagram page. Uh, all of our social media will lead you back there. It's going through this weekend, so depending on when you, you're listening, it might be over, but hopefully not. And if, if, you're, if you're not already, follow us, like I said, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok at Hop Spirits, all one word. Now let's have some fun. Joining us now on the Hops and Spirits podcast is we kind of uh, go toward the spirits side uh, because uh, what, what this guy does and what his company does uh, works perfect for it. Well, we've got Eddie Simeon. Did I say that right? You got it. All right, Eddie Simeon, who's co-founder CMO for Hella Cocktail Company. Uh, out of New York, even though I don't think that's where he's at. Uh, but we'll talk about that here in a, a little bit. Eddie, thanks for hopping on. Thank you very much. It's awesome to be here. Now, Love now, the podcast. Like the, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's fun. I'm glad we can make this happen. Now, I always like to start off these things with one really tough question just to get mm-hmm. get everything going. Uh, for for you, that one tough question is, is if you're grilling out, what's on the grill? Oh, dang. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, you're at, you're talking to the right guy. I do love grilling. Um, and actually, you know, um, a lot of grills come with a rotisserie extension. So one of my favorite things to do right now is to time out cause it's all about timing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd like to time out, um, a, a whole chicken, which is, um, I usually do a, um, just real simple seasoning, salt, pepper, and then fresh lemon zest. Um, if I have time, let that marinate for like 20 minutes to half an hour and then put the bird on and then try to schedule out actually cooking, um, potatoes and vegetables on the same grill. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a grill boss's approach to a one skillet meal. (laughs) Hey, I, I love the sound of that. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I'm definitely a guy that burger, burgers, hot dogs, some veggies, and, and I'm good to go. A little corn, right? right. Uh, you know, I, and it's a good day for me. Uh, although I got to get the grill working. Uh, it, 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 the uh, automatic little fire decided to quit on us the other day, so I got got oh, a little man. work ahead of me. <laughs> so. They have a battery in there sometimes. Yeah, no, this one just, it's got the battery, but it doesn't, it doesn't click out. anymore. Yeah, right. yeah. Now, now, I guess another follow-up for you on that is, is are you a gas grill, charcoal, or what, mm. what, what are you doing? You know, I, I, I got a propane grill at the house. Mm. It's, uh, it's just two of us in the house right now. So we got a two-burner propane grill. Um, and, I, you know, I would, I would love to have the time and equipment to get my own charcoal going or even, or even do like, um, you know, like a smoker. But um, these days I'm going for convenience, and you know you, you get a, you get enough of a, a seasoning on those the griddles where the flavor is pretty good, and it, it produces a, the the firebox produces a lot of smoke these days too. So there's plenty of added flavor. 
See, but so see. yeah, I'm a propane man these days. Hey, I, I totally understand the convenience. I've had a, a charcoal grill and that took a whole lot longer than just going out there and pressing one button. Yeah. <laughs> and getting oh, it man. <laughs> but it's so much better. Yes. Let's be honest. Yeah. It, it is there. There is a, a, a trade off there. Uh, now for, for the actual real talk today, uh, mm -hmm. what is hell cocktail company? What, what, oh, what is that? What a great question. You know, cause like I look, I'm, I'm in it every single day. And so it's wonderful to be able to have a conversation with guys like you, Jonathan, who kind of have a broad perspective on the industry. Mm -hmm. And then of course, getting to engage with, uh, with your fans and kind of giving them the whole story. So, um, really a helicopter code is ultimately about, um, bringing craft cocktails to as many people as possible. Um, we're about de democratizing craft cocktails and spirits. Um, so we started the company about, um, this is our, our 10 year anniversary. Oh, so wow. we started Hella in, um, uh, kind of like the end of, of 2011, but we had been making our own bitters at home for many years prior to becoming a business. So we were making bitters as hobbyists kind of in a, in a mason jar. And for people who want like the cliff notes on what bitters are, bitters are, um, it's kind of like a flavoring used by the Dashful for, for classic cocktails. And speaking of grilling, you can actually use bitters as kind of like a wet rub we have a, a smoked chili bitters and we have a Mexican chocolate bitters that are really good um, as kind of like a low sugar alternative to molasses because they're really rich and smoky and they, they bring like a lot of flavor. And that's the point of bitters is um, they impart a lot of flavor with very, um, with very little, very few calories, but that's because you don't have to add much of it. So uh, it's kind of like vanilla extract. Um, it, as a matter of fact, it basically is vanilla extract. And like so um, we're classified by the government the same way they classify flavor extracts like vanilla, almond extract. And so, you know, when we started the company way back when, the only place to go get a thoughtfully crafted drink was like the, you know, the marquee um, kind of like speakeasy bars. Um, and we lived mm -hmm. in New York at the time. And so you would have to go to, um, Death and Company, you would have to go to Milk and Honey. Um, and then, you know, later uh, entrance into that community would like be like Pouring Ribbons um, and so many more awesome bars. Um, uh, but to be honest, we felt not cool enough to be in those spaces sometimes. <laughs> it was kind of, you know, it's like pretty posh and kind of high end and we didn't always feel like that. And so we wanted to kind of like take, the, take this experience of making drinks that we really cared about and took put a um, put a lot of time and effort and love into making, but bring them to the masses. And so um, Hella Cocktail Co. is all about taking cocktails seriously, but not taking ourselves too seriously. And so um, we produce a wide array of cocktail ingredients now. So not just bitters, which we have eight flavors of bitters now, but we also have uh, crack and pour mixers things you might expect like in the grocery aisle where you find Bloody Mary mix and margarita mix. And more recently, we just launched our first sparkling ready to drink beverage, which is a non-alcoholic um, bitters and bitters and soda. And so one, if you go to the bar, which people are starting to do more and more of these days, which I'm really excited about, but if you go to the bar and you don't want to have, you know, um, your, your first drink or the drink in between to be an alcoholic option, you can order a bitters and soda, which is basically a, a tall glass of club soda 
ice cold um, with a few dashes of cocktail bitters on top. And when you order it, you're going to get like a an insidery nod of approval from the bartender because the bartender knows that the bitters and soda is not only delicious, but it's very settling for your stomach and for, for like your constitution and, and your head in general. It's very, um, if you kind of look at it through the lens of herbalism, my mother is actually a, a um, herbal clinician. She takes on clients and talks to them about how to do medicine work using plants and herbs. Um, it's they are antimicrobial, um, uh, anti-inflammatory, which at the end of the day has similar properties as like probiotic beverages like kombucha. So it's all about gut health. And so um, we have a, a zero sugar options for bitters and soda, and um, they're all um, non-alcoholic. Uh, you can drink them as a, uh, mixed with alcohol. So you can put it with rosé. You can put it with my favorite, which is bourbon. Um, or you can drink it on its own, like a delicious sparkling non-alcoholic drink. And so um, all of those product categories I walked you through, bitters, mixers, bitters and soda, they're all kind of tailor fit to meet someone wherever they may be along the spectrum of making cocktails. So whether you're like, you know, like a handlebar mustache suspender wearing <laughs> scotch nerd, we got something for you. Uh, or if you're just, you know, having a bunch of friends over and you want to have a, a really quick and easy craft margarita experience for your guests, we have something for that occasion too. Uh, so, so you run the whole gamut and, and I love that. And I also love uh, just how it all started out as a hobby uh, you know, kind of hobbyist, so to speak, but how did, you know, cause there's three of you that kind of co-founded this. How did you all meet and, and actually get the company going? Nice. Well, there's a short story and a long story. Um, so actually we were all buddies. We we're all friends. Um, I've known my co-founder and dear friend of more than 20 years, Tobin since, uh, like the high school days. So I, Interestingly enough, we grew up on, I grew up on the West Coast and he grew up um, in the Northeast and we met through a mutual friend. And um, I guess it was like around that era, 2006, 2007, where we both ended up in New York and became like, you know, you know, thick as thieves and started just, you know, playing around, grilling, uh, making drinks at home together. And then, so that's Tobin. And then um, Joe Mari, um, he is our like super that like authentic dyed in the wool New Yorker, like he's from <laughs> Queens, right? Like he grew up in Astoria. Um, and we met him there, of course, but his brother, um, back in the day was pursuing a hip hop career. He's like a rapper. And so, okay. um, Tobin and I, before we became food and beverage guys, we were both, um, doing our own thing in entertainment and media production. So I was like working, um, like corporate jobs, um, producing creative media, advertising websites, you know, video production, and uh, he was acting. And so Joe Mari uh, literally hired me and Tobin to produce a music video for his brother. And so that's actually the short story. The story gets uh, a lot longer when we talk about the antics that happened during <laughs> during the video shoot. But, um, you know, I say like Tobin's one of my oldest friends, but at this point, Joe Mari is also one of my oldest friends because this this is a long time ago now. So yeah, we all, this was not a, an idea cooked up in a boardroom. This is something that we just kind of love to do and said, Hey, maybe it's time for us to go pro. Uh, well, and, and you guys definitely did that. Uh, now I find it interesting. Uh, the name, how did you come up with the name? So back to the California thing, Hella, of course, is slang from, uh, it's con you know, 
there's a lot of different histories of the origin of the word hella. I'll give you mine because it's the correct one. Uh, it's from go. the Bay Area, from, or more specific, specifically from Oakland. So, you know, so if you listen to rappers like E40 and like all the Oakland guys, they're they're using the term hella. Um, hella is like it means um, when you say like I'm I'm hella tired. This is this burrito is hella delicious. Like it, it's a it's a word that. Um, means like extreme or very or or a lot of it can connote Mm -hmm. like quantity right like there's hella people at this party um so you know whether you just can't help but say it because it's just part of your vernacular or people make fun of you because you say it like everyone kind of talks about it so because our first product was bitters we thought we would be cute and name the company hella bitter (laughs) without an s because it was like you know witty we thought yeah. it was quite witty uh but you know you really just have to listen to your audience sometimes because no one ever called it hella bitter <laughs> of course everyone <laughs> called it hella, hella bitters and so um we eventually changed the name of the company to, to hella bitters and even now we we very rarely refer to the company as hella bitters definitely not in any marketing materials or advertising um but people somehow know we're, we're hella bitters even if it's been six years since we've uttered the word. Uh, and so, but if you actually look at our, like the documents that we started, that we used to start the company, the name of our business is hella bitter with no S LLC. Uh, so that, you know, that is just kind of being from the Bay area. Uh, we just thought it was kind of a cool word uh, and it's certainly catchy, you know, and we think it like looks really great as a brand. No, I, I love it. I, I love it. I also love the story that that makes it even better. Um, uh, you, you guys do like you, you kind of listed a lot of the products there. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, if I'm correct, you guys kind of go uh, with the process of small batch making for for all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, why why is that? Well, I, we always try to keep it as close to homemade as possible, um, and that's being a small business who's trying to become a, a bigger business you come up against all these reasons and opportunities to like compromise on quality, you know? So, you know, you get the, you get the concentrated version instead of the fresh version, or you, you replace the, the, in the, um, infused orange peel with orange flavor, you know, that comes Mm -hmm. in like a commodity liquid, like it just happens. So by keeping production sizes small, you end up working with, um, production partners who are more flexible in their ability to do, um, you know, higher quality um, process. So, you know, you make bitters through infusion, basically. So when you make wine, you're fermenting grapes. When you make beer, you're brewing beer. When you make spirits, you're distilling spirits. Um, when you make bitters, the, the formal term for how the process is maceration. Um, so we're maceration and infusion are very similar. So essentially, um, we're infusing um, whole spices, um, a lot of fresh ingredients like um, fruit peel, um, some dry ingredients like chilies, uh, mm-hmm. into high proof alcohol, and then there's a sweetening step and a filtration step. Um, if we were to go talk to like Pepsi or any of the really big manufacturers. They literally would never be interested in doing that because it's such an esoteric production process. So on the bitters front, by nature of the fact that it's like so niche, we kind of 
we we have to stay small, you know, and there, we've like come up with like little innovations here and there to make it a little bit faster. But at the end of the day, making making bitters is slow and takes a lot of care. Um, and we start with like whole spices. Um, and so the same process, we actually use our bitters as an, an ingredient in our bitters and soda. Mm. Um, I'll be honest, there's a lot of interesting bitter sodas out there. Some of them refer to themselves as bitters and soda, but I'll ask you if your bitters and soda doesn't actually have bitters in it, is it bitters and soda? That, that's a fair uh, question. <laughs> like, like what's the sound of one hand clapping, right? Um, like, so we are a bitters and soda that contains hella bitters and I would challenge other bitters and soda producers, uh, to, to keep themselves to that same standard or not call it bitters and soda. Um, but you know, we, I'll say we're not, all of our stuff is small batch. Mm -hmm. Like we're very proud of our relationship with, um, large, uh, partners like Delta airlines. And, um, of course that's one of the biggest accounts anyone could ever hope to have, um, a large airline account. And so we make, you know, mixers in high volume sometimes. And so, um, we, but we always approach it with the same ethos of trying to keep it as close to, to homemade as possible. And you touched a little bit on, on the the bitters and soda, the, uh, you know, there as well. Why, why make that that product, and, and also just kind of the other products? Is it just to kind of complete that home bar experience? Mm. That's an awesome question. Well, you know, we have we are always debating what is the real like. Why do people care about bitters and soda? <laughs> right, like, right. And we talk about functional beverages a lot. So, you know, um, we got, I, I mentioned kombucha earlier. Well, mm -hmm. you know, people love kombucha because it's probiotic. And so there are demonstrable health benefits to, you know, drinking kombucha. Um, people drink Red Bull or Highball um, or mm -hmm. all these energy drinks because they, they give you a buzz and they have energy. So what is it about bitters and soda that is that, that particular hook? And I think prior to 2019 we were doing it because it was authentic to us because we love cocktails and we wanted to create a product that was an expression of our passion for for making cocktails um but i think for the and that required a lot of education we would have to go do a lot of demos in grocery stores and educate people um who didn't have bitters at all on their radar and say, hey, here's this thing called bitters. Do you like drinking cocktails? And it's kind of start from there. But in 2020 and 2019, 2020, and now 2021, something really interesting has happened where um, the market has finally taken a step towards us mm -hmm. in this category because it's zero alk. So like non-alcoholic, zero proof cocktails is a movement far greater than Hella Cocktail Co. Um, it's zero sugar. There's been a, a war on sugar for a long time. We're not afraid of sugar, but we do love the fact that um, our products are zero sugar because you can always add a sweetener if you so mm -hmm. choose. And um, we are really um, connecting the products, uh, herbal benefits um, that are all derived from natural plants like gentian tincture to the product as well. So I think um, we're living in a, in a unique time where all of these um, big trends like um, uh, self-care, health and wellness are actually beginning to intersect with the food and drinks that we buy and consume. And that includes cocktails. 
And so um, bitters and soda exists because it is a healthy, um, settling, zero sugar alternative to drinking cocktails. Um, and it also happens to mix really great with alcohol. And, uh, and that's what it is. And that's why I think that's why we're getting a lot of good early traction with the product. It's, it's for sale now nationally in Whole Foods. There, there you go. And, and I also love it too, almost not everything, but you kind of mentioned it there. You have a few of the bitters that uh, can be used in, in food. It's almost like you guys have a nice little uh, uh, deep, uh, deep bench of, of uses for everything. For better or for worse, you know? And Sometimes it's better to have like one product. Like what's the <laughs> ideal portfolio size? One. But if, yeah. if, if you're kind of trial and erroring your way, through growth, which a lot of a lot of brands are, you gotta you gotta throw things up on the wall and see what sticks. And so, you know, I think we really have it dialed with bitters and soda now. We know what it is and we know why it exists. But for many years, we would just try stuff out. Um, like we we had a a hibiscus tonic syrup for a couple of years, and it's one of my the favorite products I ever made. Um, it, we ever made. It's a uh, it was basically uh, meant to be mixed with club soda to make a premium tonic water. So it had cinchona. Is that the right one? No, quinine. Excuse me. It had, uh, yeah, quinine. So cinchona. Um, and it was this beautiful lavender color. But um, it, we didn't sell enough of it. And so we ultimately <laughs> retired that skew, you know? And I think yeah. that it connects back to your question of like, what role does this product play in people's lives? And so for any entrepreneur, you kind of have to find that balance between doing it because you know you could wake up every morning and do this and be excited about it, and people will, will actually want it. <laughs> it's yeah, relevant true. to people's lives, you know? And so we, I think we finally have it kind of fine-tuned with the bitters and soda. Oh, well, well, and, and too, I feel like, uh, especially with the pandemic and so forth, a lot more folks are doing some home bar things and, and learning and doing, and I'm sure that that doesn't hurt, hurt either as, as you work on growing the business. Uh, now, now a question just for you, what's your kind of go-to drink when you're, you're out and about, or even when you're at home, what, what are you making? Mm, nice. Well, I recently moved to LA. So like I, you know, I'm from the West Coast. I lived in New York for 13 years. And the timing of it actually had nothing to do with the pandemic. I moved to LA in early February of 2020. And so um, Good my partner and I, she, she and I, we landed in LA and then like the whole world changed, right? But we got, we moved into an apartment with a lime tree in the back. Ooh. So even though I make a margarita mix, um, a fresh lime margarita with orange bitters in it has been our go-to cocktail of the year. And so um, we like it on the, the tart side. So yeah. we, we do um, two ounces of silver tequila, um, the juice of two whole limes, which ends up being about, I think about an ounce and a half or to two ounces of lime juice, a lot of lime juice. Mm -hmm. um, half an ounce of Cointreau, so a lot less Cointreau than you might expect. And then I, I do like a 12 dashes of orange bitters. And if I want to mix it up, I'll do a different bitters flavor, like uh, smoked chili, for example. So um, that's one of the drinks that I like to drink at home. And beyond that, um, I'm, I'm personally like a big highball fan. Like okay. e even back in the day when, you know, Tobin, Joe, Mari and I were 
running around Brooklyn, acting like crazy guys, um, having just having the time of our lives. Even then, I would I would my my go to drink was always like um like a rye whiskey and soda, just like mm-hmm. a, a whiskey highball, you know. And um, that drink is even more on trend now than it was then. So I'm all about the highballs. Well, see, you were just ahead of the time. You're just ahead of the curve. <laughs> no one has ever said that, but thank you. <laughs> well, now, now you can now you, now you can use that in, in, uh, uh, for like, when guys, anyone I was, asks. Ca- I was called ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, my final question for you, Eddie, is what what's kind of next for Helicocktail? Because obviously, you you know, you guys have a few different product lines out there. What what are you guys looking at at doing next, or is it just more of the same and and building on that? Well, we're gonna. I think we're pretty confident in our like our catalog right now. Like I was saying, like I think it's there's something for everyone. It seems to work from all the different sales channels, from like food service to retail to direct to consumer. We seem to have kind of like it pretty pretty well dialed when it comes to like what we make. But um, you know, we're we're really motivated by paying it forward in so many ways. Um, we're a minority led business. Um, my heritage is Mexican and Filipino. Um, Jomari is black, you know, like, so like um, this, all of the civic uprising and awareness around social issues has really been forefront for us as people for the past year. And so, um, you know, just uh, improve, uh, healing the world and making it a better place is something we really care about as individuals. And that's not always easy to do when you, you sell classier ways for people to get drunk. <laughs> so how do we do that? You know, and so I, I actually think one of the big opportunities and big things that we want to try to like work in is um, the environment into our products and making a greener product. Um, we're getting hit as a brand and as a company right now really hard with the challenges behind manufacturing and um, supply chain materials so it's really tough to move things from one point to another. Um, the cost of commodities like glass and aluminum, um, salt, it's getting, they're going up cardboard, all of these materials that we have to buy in individual parts in order to make Helicocktail Co products is getting more and more difficult. And um, brands like us are, are forced, all companies are forced to spend more in order to churn and burn more fossil fuels and the depletion of more natural materials. And so we want to start creating products that are greener and more streamlined for the modern world. And so, you know, it doesn't make sense for us to ship something that's extremely fragile so that we have to have a bunch of peanuts and packing paper and cardboard in order to deliver it safely when someone buys it on Amazon, right? Like, I personally feel that the answer is a firm no. Like, how do we make the product more shippable and more environmentally friendly? And so we don't have to change the formula of the Bloody Mary mix in order to accomplish that. And so we kind of want to approach it from a from like a materials and commodity standpoint to create products that are just less wasteful. And um, I think that uh, I think that that would be not just the right thing to do, but it would also connect with a customer that uh, is already a hella cocktail co fan because you know let's face it you got to spend a couple of dollars more in order to have hella cocktail co as your cocktail ingredient but people do it because they know that it's made with better ingredients and so i believe that that person would also care that it, that it'd be made with better packaging materials well and, and you'd be doing a, a lot of uh 
uh, bad pun intended here, hella good. And, uh, that's right. Um, that's right. I can't um, wait to see that emblazed all over the website and social media. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I, I love, love to hear that and, and love what you guys are doing. And, uh, you're, you're making some really good things. And, and if you, if you need something for the home bar, I, I highly recommend, uh, a cocktail. And, and Eddie, thank you for taking a little, little, just a little time to tell me all the short I wanted to versions. do something for you guys. Actually, I Ooh. just thought of it. Um, let's do a discount code for your, for your community, for your okay. fans. Um, it doesn't exist yet, but I'll make it up right now. It'll be 15%. And Jonathan Green, why don't you make up what it's supposed to be? Well, now you put me on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just put the word hella in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, hold, let's see here. Uh, well, it could just be hella good, but I'm sure you probably already have that. Uh, well, how about hella good 15? And whether hella or not it 15. already exists, it'll work for you. There we go. I like that. I like that. Okay. Hella good 15. Great. And, and, what, and is it hellacocktail.co? Is that right? Hellacocktail.co, yeah. So you can use discount code hellagood15 to go to our website for a 15% discount on your entire shopping cart. Uh, awesome, awesome. Eddie, see, you're, you're, just a, you're just a hella good guy, and I appreciate it. Hey, I'm just so glad that you reached out and invited us to participate in your series. We really admire it. Joining us here on the Hops and Spirits podcast as we go to the hoppy side of things is Sean Kelly, co-founder of Draft Top, uh, which is a pretty cool thing. Sean, uh, thanks for, for coming on. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. I'm super happy to be here and talk some beer. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's why we're on the hoppy side of things. Um, I also read that, are you the executive beer drinker there too, or at least one of them? self-proclaimed and self-titled yes uh that 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 is when you get to when you've co-founded a business you get to pick your title and that was one that i wanted to pick (laughs) (laughs) hey nothing wrong with that uh now before we get into the hoppy talk i think this goes really well with beer when you're thinking you know we're getting into summer uh you know as long as the rain holds off and lets you maybe get outside a little bit Uh, my one tough question for you is if you're grilling out what's on the grill Oh man. Um, I'm a huge burger guy, so I'm always trying to perfect that. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's gotta be cheeseburgers all day. Um, that's, that's my go-to for sure. And nothing wrong with that. Do you, do you have any special seasoning or is that a trade secret that you can't, can't, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, I just, I, I've read, uh, Kenji Lopez alts, uh, food lab and there's some really good tips in there. So if you're looking to like grill a great, be a great brat or burger definitely check that out first um, and, uh, yeah, that sounds great to me i'm a burger guy myself although i don't mind some chicken and even some veggies yeah. out on the grill too there's just something special about when you, you get things grilled just right that that mm-hmm. makes a a great meal whether it's any time of day really uh, in my <laughs> in my mind uh, now for those that don't know what draft top is what is it? Because to me, it's a it's a neat thing that I never really thought about. Uh, but uh, there's some there's a point to it, and it's it's a pretty interesting point on how you guys came up with it. Yeah. So um, what we do is we take the tops off of beer cans. Quite quite simply, um, we we remove the top of the can safely. Uh, we don't leave any sharp edge, and um, we allow you to enjoy your your beer the way the brewer intended. Because um, we believe that you and science believes as well that you can't taste what you can't smell or you're inhibited with your taste. Um, if you can't smell what you're, what you're actually drinking. 
Um, we've always found the can to be pro the best vessel for, for uh, uh, beer. Um, but the one point that it was lacking was just like opening it up um, a little bit more. And so we designed a, a tool that's made here in America and fully patented and um, just sits on the top of the can and squeeze it and about a quarter turn, it pops the, can it pops the uh, top right off. And and what, what what made you guys decide to create something like that? Because I'm, I'm guessing you touched on it a little bit there, with about how it's intended to how the brewer intended, and so you can get some of those smells. Is it just to kind of open it up, uh, and get a little more aromatic and a little, little better on the taste buds? Yeah, totally. So the 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 story that of how we kind of came up with this idea was um, my co-founder Armand. Um, he. He was at college, and someone showed him how to open up a beer can with his teeth. Um, and he was like, "Wow, this experience is like amazing! It's so much better than like, you know, pouring it into a single-use plastic cup or you know, whatever." Um, so he decided that there had to be a way that we could do this uh, without requiring ex the possibility of extensive dental work. Uh -huh. um, so uh, that we we sat um, we met at actually our, our former job in, in aerospace insurance and um, sitting in the cubes in New York and um, we would just kind of figure out ways how to open up cans and take the tops off of stuff and um, yeah I mean it just the experience was kind of blew him away a bit and so we just kind of went down this path and um, you know stayed with it and, and we're here today. Um, and we've we've accomplished a, a few things so far that we're we're pretty proud of, and I'm sure we'll get into those later. But yeah, we're just this is that's how kind of how it started. <laughs> that's awesome. You just never know what's going to happen on the job that maybe is not necessarily about the job that you're you're at. Um, how, how does it work? Because obviously people are probably curious. Because you know when you think of of you know popping the can off, they're worried of maybe they're, they're sharp edges or anything like that. But you guys take all that into into account. Yeah, totally. We, um, there's no sharp edges. Um, we actually designed, there's no sharp edges even on the tool too. Um, we designed, uh, the blades ourselves. We actually don't even call them blades because the blades has like blades have a sharp kind of connotation to them. So we tried to call them splitters, um, simply because they are literally splitting and ripping the aluminum. Um, and what it does is it, it, it kind of pops on the aluminum and when you squeeze it uses pressure it, um, I don't even want to say cut, but it cuts the aluminum and it folds it in on itself. Um, so at the cut, so there is no, there's no sharp edge where you're going to like cut yourself or anything like that. Um, so we designed the blades so that one, you can't cut yourself on the tool and two, you're not going to cut yourself, uh, when the tool, when the tool is used on a can. Um, and, um, we know that it's, I, I know it's not sharp because I've taken it into NFL stadiums and on TSA and all that fun stuff and got through all the security that you need to get through and haven't had one taken from me yet. So, um, definitely not sharp. Yeah, hopefully you didn't just jinx yourself, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now they're going to be looking for me, <laughs> but that's good too. Cause you know, obviously if you're, if you're, heaven forbid you sit it down somewhere and a kid can grab it, it doesn't sound like they're going to hurt themselves either. No, 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 no. It'd be like, it's pretty much almost impossible. And I mean, nothing's impossible, but I want to say it's pretty much near to impossible that you hurt yourself on this thing. And, and then, you know, obviously there's some other advantages too, uh, when you can pop that top off of the beer and, and 
just besides getting the smells, I mean, you can kind of create some cocktails from that. You can also, you know, you think of a wheat beer and an orange. You can put that in, maybe a Mexican mm-hmm. beer and a lime. Uh, it it kind of allows you to be a little more of a home bartender, right? Totally. And, and we, you know, in the beer world, as you are well aware, um, we love to hunt for whales. And um, we're trying to get those those really nice cans we're trying to you know wait and i you know i knew that this this thing could work when i was living in chicago and and um kentucky bourbon barrel style was coming out um on black friday and i saw a line waiting outside benny's beverage in downtown chicago on black friday in the basically sub-zero weather um just to try and get some beer and i was like this this is i mean i i was I'm, i've always been a fan ever since i was uh, could partake and you know that kind of opened up my eyes that wow like there's some real fanatics in here and i'm i'm just kind of scraping the the top but um the point of me saying that is that we go through all of this trouble to find ship and make connections with people and trade and do all these things to try and get stuff that you've never had before and there's these like beautiful cans and beautiful can art and then we just pop that, we pop the tab and pour it into a plastic cup or we pour it into a pint glass, which is fine. It's totally cool. If that's what you want to do. Like, there's nothing wrong with that to each their own. Um, but it, it's almost like you're taking like a Picasso and like, you know, putting it into a plastic bag. Like, you know, like it's, it's, you, you kind of want to show it off a little bit. Um, in my opinion, it's like being a sneakerhead. Like you get your sneakers, you don't want to just keep them in a box. Like you want to show them. And um, I think that like the beer world is, is somewhat similar to that. So this allows you to kind of, you know, enjoy it the way it should be enjoyed, and also kind of hang around at that barbecue or or show your buddies and be like, yeah, I, I actually did get this this super rare beer. I did get this one from Seattle, even though I live in Atlanta. Um, and it just kind of shows off that art and stuff. I think, I think that's another factor in it. Um, but to your other point, yeah, I mean, we, we see this as something that, um, you know, you can open up a can and then you can maybe you're at a bar and you can take it back. And that, if that bar is participating or, or in, uh, you know, working with us, then maybe they're pouring their beer back into that can instead of using a pint glass or a plastic cup. And, um, Maybe you're opening up um, one of the new craft cocktails that are out there in cans. Maybe you're, um, you know, like you alluded to, uh, you know, opening up a, a Coca-Cola or something and you could pour some Jack in there or whatever and be your own bartender at home since we've all kind of done that with COVID. And uh, anyway, so I think all <laughs> of our little. skills are up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at. And then, you know, you kind of talked about it a little bit there what's your beer journey been like because obviously you waited till you're 21 never did anything before that completely you know legal but what's that been like for you because i mean obviously i'm guessing you're not just drinking the big macro beers if you're creating something like this no um you know I, i've been in big beer and just i've been big into beer for a long time now um simply because i'm getting older not because uh you know definitely didn't do anything illegal um and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, my, my beer journey kind of started in college and, um, you know, as with everyone's, I think, and, and you, you know, you're, you're kind of just drinking that like Natty Light or Keystone Light or whatever, just the bottom of the barrel stuff, which is, um, you know, a 
I guess a gateway beer uh, is what you would call it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, that that stuff serves its purpose. And um, you know, my I got a friend who's a little bit eclectic in college, and at the time, this was before craft beer kind of like blew up. Um, it was just starting to get going, and he was like, "Hey, you got to try some different things." And so we kind of went to the store and, and bought a few things, and and I started. I just, at the time, I, I wanted to try the biggest, baddest one, and I got, like, Stone Arrogant Bastard, I think it was, <laughs> and that was my first, like, craft beer, and so I kind of went, like, upper echelon then, so uh, it was it was kind of opened up my world, I was like, holy cow, this is awesome, so, um, you know, been on the IPA game for a long time, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, i just been kind of, I love the, the brewery scene, um, I think the, the, brewers around the country do such a great job of kind of like being communal driven and, and opening spaces up and making it like a cool place to hang out. And I just, I like that scene. I think it's just, it's fun. It's inclusive. It's outdoorsy. There's usually some dogs there, like good music um, and great beer and good conversations. And um, so I, I do always try and, you know, anytime I'm traveling to try and jump into some brewery or I'm always looking up which brewery is near there and try and try and get over there to see what it's like. Cause each one is different and unique in its own way, but they're all somewhat similar in that they offer um, a lot of the same atmospheres and, and whatnot. So I, that's, I hope that answers your question. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, to me, I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, uh, whether, whether it's a beer or, you know, bourbon or, or whatever, most of the time talking to folks, it's just, it's about the community, the, the atmosphere you get, whether you're enjoying some pours with friends or, or beers with friends or, or just enjoying a, a great venue, and um, it's kind of amazing what they've they've become because a lot of them they're like the little hub of a, a neighborhood now, and, and I think that's just awesome. Yeah, I, I remember when I was living in Chicago, they had uh, there was one that just had opened up, and I'm, I'm of course I'm a beguile brewing, um, and they uh, they're great, um, but they were in their first location. I don't know if they moved yet, but um, they were very very small, like ten barrel brewing, um, and they were in the middle of this little tiny neighborhood at a, at a dead end street. And it was awesome to go there because, you know, there wasn't a, like, it wasn't bit crazy busy yet and not a lot of people knew about it, but it was, um, it was fun. And I was talking to the brewers there and they were saying, Oh yeah, all the stay at home dads come here at like noon <laughs> pushing their strollers. And, uh, so it was, it was interesting. It's just, I love that kind of neighborhood feel too. And then, you know, you, you talked about this earlier, um, you, you, you and our, our, our men um, co-founded this. Um, how did you, you two meet? And, and obviously, how long did it take you guys to come up with something that worked consistently? Yeah, so we, we met uh, through our former jobs in the um, wacky wild world of insurance. And uh, it's specifically aviation and aerospace insurance. Um, we worked in uh, kind of like a big office in New York and um, we met like kind of the first day I started and went out to lunch and they kind of taken the new guy out to lunch. So it's on the department. So everyone wants to go to that one. Um, <laughs> and then we just started kind of talking and uh, he learned that I was really into startups and really into beer. And um, he was kind of think thinking he's like an inventor. Like that's what he would call himself. Um, he's like, I'm not a CEO. I'm not, you know, into startups but i'm i'm an inventor and so he just kind of had some side projects he was working on and he did some crazy stuff like crazy like he tried to build uh um like a jet ski that he could drive from 
his house in New Jersey, central New Jersey to Manhattan. <laughs> and so that he didn't have to commute on the boat or on the train. And I was like, it just, and if you've never seen going under like the Verrazano bridge, it's like, there's huge waves. It's, it's crazy. Like they could be like 20 feet high sometimes. And I'm like, what are you doing? But anyway, that obviously failed, but, um, he, he kind of showed me this, this can opener he'd been working on. And he's like, Oh, I think if I can open up beverage cans, it'd be, people would like it. And I, being the beer person, was like, "That's a that would be amazing in the beer world because um, everything is moving towards cans." I mean, like at the time it was 2012, um, and so bottling lines were still in use, um, much more than they are today. And there's kind of mobile canners popping up, and so people were starting to can stuff um, a lot more because they realized, um, you know, it's it. it it's the best vessel for beer. It lets no light, no oxygen in, um, vacuum sealed. And that's really what skunks any beer. It's not temperature. Um, so this, the, the can was like the perfect vessel and I'm like, everything's moving towards there. And, and a lot of people are love beer and are willing to wait in line in Chicago winters to get it. And, and we need to, we should, um, you know, this would be great if we, if we moved it towards like kind of the, the beer industry and, um, so since then we've been working on it and it, that was 2012 and he'd bring in different stuff, different prototypes to our office. And it was, um, you know, they were clunky and we'd go back to drawing board and nights and weekends. And, um, but eventually we got something to work in 2015. So like three years, um, and we, he sat on the liquor store floor and measured out every single can he could find to figure out if there was a common, you know, diameter between every can in the U S and, and, um, for the most part there is. So, uh, we knew with what range we had to work within and, uh, you know, taught himself how to use, uh, solid works, which is a super hard program to learn. And it's an engineering program. And, um, you know, we worked on this, uh, remotely, um, after I moved a little bit and, um, got something to work in 2015, like I said, uh, to the point where it was like a metal and wood version. And, um, we launched it on Kickstarter and our first Kickstarter in 2015 and, you know, did really well, like, got, didn't do any marketing, but got like a bunch of PR and, um, raised about $215,000 on there and pre-orders in like 30 days, 30, 40 days, you know, we're featured in food and wine and playboy in the same week, which I never thought could any, you know, I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> Hey, that's a good uh, thing. That's a good yeah. Thing. Told my parents about the food and wine one. Didn't tell them about the playboy one, but, uh, uh, that was a good thing. Um, so yeah, we, then we kind of went back to the drawing board after that and, and tried to make it better. Um, you know, delivered those items and, um, felt they worked pretty good for what we were able to do. And then we brought on an engineer, um, robotics engineer to come help us and uh redesigned it brought the manufacturing into the u.s um made it cheaper because that's what a lot of people were asking for because at the time it was 45 bucks because it's like that's it cost us like 43 dollars to make it so that that was kind of why we, we we pushed it so high um and then yeah brought it back to the u.s uh switched up some you know the design a little bit made it made the learning curve a lot uh, less steep and we continued to kind of we launched in 2019 december 2019 um did a kickstarter there and got to about uh 600 000 on kickstarter there um and then another 200 on um indiegogo 
and started delivering everything in the middle of COVID, which was a lot of fun. So <laughs> that was, uh, Hey, that's you know, perfect kind of a- timing. If you ask me, I mean, everyone was going to cans. I mean that in a weird way that had to be like, yeah, perfect. It actually did work out fairly well for us. Um, you know, everything was going to cans. We didn't know what was going to happen. The delivery, physical delivery process was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> because everything everyone was delivering stuff and just hadn't ramped up the logistics yet so it's just it was just crazy i mean things were literally getting put onto physical ships and sailed across the sea like it was 1945 um and so we had a lot of angry backers for that but we we you know we did our best to try and get everything out the door as quickly as possible and um you know brand new world that we're living in but uh yeah and then we launched our website our store june 15th 2020 and um you know, two weeks later, had a bunch of knockoffs out, and we've been kind of dealing with that. And sorry, I feel like I talked way too long. <laughs> hey, no, hey, I mean, but I mean, that's the, the crazy part of the journey is people see it now, but they don't always know what it took to get to that point. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, I'm, I'm guessing once you guys got the, saw how well it did on Kickstarter, uh, both times and, and stuff like that, you had to know definitely something, you had something here. And another place that y'all y'all were on, I believe it was in February of, of this year, at least when it aired, uh, was a show that I've always enjoyed, a Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, uh, when we were on Kickstarter and we we ended in January, they reached out to us, which apparently is pretty rare. I, I never knew that, um, but they we had a producer reach out to us and and we just kind of they said, hey, we want you to apply for the show, and so we went through the whole application process and. Um, you know, went on, went on, got, got made it through the various seven, seven or 18,000 steps that they have to kind of get on there. And, um, it was kind of, again, kind of wacky with COVID. They weren't sure if they're going to film or not. And, um, you know, went out, uh, Armin and Pat, my other, uh, one of my other partners, they pitched because of, uh, COVID restrictions. Um, I couldn't go. They, they limited to two people. Um, and there's four of us. So, uh, but you will see my funny cardboard cutout there. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, they we went out there and pitched and and um, in front of the sharks and got a deal with Damon John, and that's been going great. I mean, he's an awesome, awesome dude to work with. Oh, that 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 is amazing, and and like like you said, you just never know how the journey is going to go and who you're going to meet and, and and so forth. What another thing that just kind of popped into my head is. The name. How'd you guys come up with the name? Because it seems very simple. I mean, but it, it does work. Yeah, I. You know, that's an interesting question. No one's ever really asked us that. Um, we we knew we wanted to kind of do something a little bit beer focused, and um, Armin and I just sat down and wrote down a ton of names, and we went our separate ways, wrote down a ton of names, came back, and we shared and we went through each one one by one, and we kind of landed on this one for a number of different reasons. It's kind of like self-explanatory. Um, it was fairly unique and, um, the domain was available. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, the, the, the domain was available and then a lot of the, uh, the, all the social media handles were available. So we decided to jump on that one. Um, you know, for, for, those those reasons really is one of the bigger <laughs> bigger reasons why. But hey hey, that's a bit. See you guys, business mind right there. And also, I think it allowed you to have a little fun on on, on words and slogans too, right? Yeah yeah, we try to 
play around with draft and and stuff and then we we had a slogan called drink top we have a slogan called drink topless which you know people love or hate it's polarizing i get it um but uh you know it's it's what we're doing is trying to make you drink without the top on so i was gonna say it's a little tongue-in-cheek fun i mean yeah. nothing wrong with that that's what, what what we're doing we're drinking beer uh, yeah, so totally. yeah, no, uh, and, and uh, for those that are watching the video, just popped one and, and yep. showed it off. Uh, I guess my, my, my last question for you, Sean, is, is what's next for you all? Well, um, this is a this is a hop tea, by the way. Um, it's not a beer yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's but early it's like in the a day beer. one. <laughs> yeah. So so what, what's next for you all? Um, so we did. Um, we did do a uh, NASCAR race, a Draft Top 250, in October of 2020 at Martinsville. It was a lot of fun. It was super cool, um, and so that was that was an interesting experience. And I think that we're now, as we're kind of entering this like post-COVID world, um, we're definitely looking to kind of expand our reach and get out into the world and like kind of showcase people because we found that, you know, it's, it's difficult, although we've had a lot of success this year. Um, it's very difficult to kind of get the point across unless you're in person and mm -hmm. we totally understand that. Um, you know, we've, we've explained this thing a million times to people when we were working on it. And then the, we've, we found that when we just opened up a can and walked around a bar, all of a sudden you had like, you know, people coming up to you, guys, girls, whomever was like, how the heck did you do that? And, um, so if you want to be the cool person at your party, just do this and walk around. Don't say a word and <laughs> people will come up to you. It's a good way to make friends. Um, and, uh, I think what's next is, um, we're looking to kind of, um, get it one, get out there too. We're trying to co-brand with a bunch of different breweries. We're trying to, um, you know, figure out who's, uh, you know, who's a good influencer in our target market and, and, um, you know, we want, we just want to kind of get out there and, and talk to the people and, and, uh, showcase the product and, um, be on the ground and, and help, um, help people enjoy their beers a little bit better. That's it. Well, I, I think you guys are doing a great job at that. And, um, if you haven't yet, I highly recommend you checking them out and where, where can they find, find a little bit more information on draft top, um, draft um, we're at, uh, we're draft top on Instagram. We're draft top on facebook uh you know twitter um we kind of do a lot of stuff on instagram um but definitely like check out our website there's a lot of stuff going on um i'm gonna open up one more seltzers because it's nice and easy but um <laughs> gotta get it on there first and it falls right in if you're watching the video so um but yeah i drafttop.com drafttop instagram you find us there um we're sharing some pictures and stuff and we got a whole new affiliate program. So if you like this and you want to sell it to your friends or you want to sell it to uh, people out there, uh, let us know and we can hook you up with um, a link and you can get some commissions on stuff. So uh, it's always a good way to drink some beers, make drink some, some beers, make, make a little, little money. That sounds like a good, a good combo to me. Uh, Sean, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to kind of show off the product, talk a little bit, bit about it and the, uh, the, the long fun journey y'all I've had. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you allowing us to come on and, and talk about it and ask some questions. You asked some great questions. Um, happy to talk. And, and it was great. Great meeting you, Jonathan. 
Uh, tons of fun. Just a, a really great episode. Like I said, we hit the hoppy side and the spirit side this week. Uh, I thank Sean and Eddie for coming on to talk about uh, Hella Cocktail uh, Co. with Eddie and Draft Top uh, with, with Sean. Such, such cool things, such different things, um, but stuff that you can put to use every single day uh, at, at your home bar. Uh, regardless, remember our May giveaway is up now. Uh, it's up through the weekend, depending on when you're listening to this. Go to any of our social media pages at Hop Spirits, all one word: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok uh, to check that out. Get more details, but the full details and how you can win are on our Instagram page. You could win the Draft Top uh, or and the uh, Koozie uh, from Draft Top as well. A lot of good things going on. Don't forget to check out our Give It a Try highlights. Uh, new pours every Monday night on our social media pages and sign up for our weekly cheers newsletter. Get those details uh, by clicking the link in our bio on any of our social media pages. Uh, got a lot of fun coming up this month. Can't wait to share those with you until next time. Cheers, everyone.